Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. And we're back, Dice, episode 14 of the show. Are you excited? Mate, excited is an understatement. I'm bloody excited. That's probably a better way to put it. Mate, what is going on? We haven't spoken this week, so any exciting news this week? Exciting, probably not so much. Just working, uh, just out at the nursery, just sorting a few plants, and you'd be happy. I'm, uh, I'm improving. My rate is rapidly improving, which is great. Uh, they're happy with me, which is great. You could almost say I'm a plant enthusiast. I'm really enjoying a plant it. plant enthusiast. So. Well, you were <laughs> going to study uh, landscaping originally, I do remember. I was going to join you. Oh, that didn't go well either, and I'm sure a name will get mentioned later in the podcast, but I did it with uh, another fellow high school mate, and I don't know if anyone listening has ever done a TAFE course, but gosh, depending on what TAFE course you do, at times, no one respects the teachers in TAFE. I don't know what that is, but have you? Ever, oh, did you do a TAFE course at all, D, or not? I lasted about six weeks. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I followed your, your guide, Doss, so what happened was you went into TAFE. And I realized there was an opportunity to drop a subject at school to actually study a TAFE course and get extra time off. So I thought, oh, fantastic. So I quickly thought of a trade and I thought, oh, building sounds good, like construction building, like building houses and things like that. I can see you with a tool belt around your waist. Uh, Yeah, mate, absolutely. So I went and had a meeting with the person at school that was to sort of put you down that pathway and uh, she accidentally put me in the wrong course. So I rocked up to TAFE and I was doing like cabinet making and furniture <laughs> making and mate, you know me, I'm not handy on the tools at all so I really struggled. So uh, that, that's my experience of TAFE and I subsequently quit that and I think it cost my parents a couple of thousand dollars because I still had to pay for it. So <laughs> yeah, apologies to mum and dad there. But just, um, mate, oh sorry, were you going to say something? Oh no, 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 I was just going to say just like uh, your, dr- your drum lessons at, at school which was mentioned last uh, yes, week, another yes. waste of money for your parents. Mum's, mum and dad are learning that I'm just throwing away their money as a, as a uh, young teenager. But Doss, mate, what is something... I'm excited. Let's put something's it that happening way. Out, something's happening out west is what I would like to say. Because we've got a, a very special guest coming on board with us today. You could almost say, Dee, it's our first kind of interview type episode, wouldn't you say? I would say so, yes, absolutely. And very excited to have this person on because he's been a long time listener of the show. Great support of us has made some very humorous videos that we've been told we can't put to air. I think we should all I think we should also put first he's a very very good friend of both of ours. So Absolutely. that's probably the most important part of this episode is the great man we'll introduce him now Eddie Gates. Welcome to the Dawson D show. Gentlemen, thank you very much. It's a uh, pleasure to now be a permanent fixture, the uh, third co-host of the show going forward. <laughs> I see that he's got notes written down. He's been waiting to use that gag for 24 hours yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll just start. I had written down. I was listening to that intro just then. I'm quite curious. Let's go balls deep. Um, are you worried that kind of makes maybe creates a bit of a, you know, this is a boys club mentality for the, for the first time listeners? Could be giving the wrong idea. I'm just curious to what the uh, mindset was behind that. Mate, you could you just can, say do you want to feel that question? Well, there, there was. So when we were first, this actually probably leads down a, a very good rabbit hole because when Dee and I were kind of discussing the idea of starting a podcast, we were like, all right, let's aim it at, at young blokes. Let's just, let's go for, for males. And then we were trying to spitballing names for podcasts. And some of the names we were throwing, I think we were actually wanted to 
we wanted to name the podcast early days. We thought, oh, let's name it Balls Deep or something to do with testicles and men and <laughs> ball sacks. I don't know, but we ended up going along the lines of just our names, Doss and D. But now I think we're our market is a lot more broader. I think now and. Um, what would you say, D? A lot, a lot of female listeners, which is we're really grateful for that. We love our, we love our female listeners. There's plenty of them, and they uh, message and get involved. So we're very grateful for that. So no, Eddie, it's not a boys' club here. Uh, everybody's well, yeah, inclusive at the Doss and D show. No, no, it's fantastic. You've managed to, you know, open yourself up to that demographic you didn't think possible. I just, I just worry <laughs> that people are going to listen to that. Go, this is a bit vulgar and. And turn it off. Anyway, that's well. There, that's, who well, there, we, there, well, there, well, there we go. We're, uh, we've started off with a kick in the guts. Uh, which, what a great way to start. Yeah, I thought we were grilling you, not you grilling us. Jeez, it was so pleasant the five minutes before we clicked record. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Oh, All right, well, boys. let's go. Let's it's dive in. Fun. Let's. It is going to be fun. So, Eddie, how about we start with how did we meet? Well, we'll warm the listeners up, and then we'll get into the more sort of content of this show. But let's start. Let's take it back. How did we all meet each other? Do you, have, do you recall any of that? Somewhat. So I went to Flinders Christian Community College Tyab campus. Now, my first tie to you, Dee, was I remember on uh, Year 7 camp, I shared a room with one uh, Braden Kimpton, Tom Thornton, and also one who gets mentioned quite a lot, Jai Richardson. The now, backpack, by the sounds. Oh, the lads. And I, I remember getting along quite well with Jai Richardson. He did... I was quite a fan of um, making YouTube videos at the time and and he had a um, very funny video he showed me where he reviewed Australian uh, singers and versus American singers it was quite um cutting edge for the time <laughs> although although the views on the video would suggest otherwise um, but, uh, <laughs> but I remember it was through Jai I met you eventually some of my early memories is I remember I added you on MySpace D and you had <laughs> And you had on, um, in the heroes section of MySpace, on the side of it, you had one of your heroes was, you wrote David Brent, the Brent Meister General. And I commented, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't privately message, I commented saying, oh my God, I can't believe you like The Office UK. So I was obviously able to see that you two were a, um, intellectual. And I think our friendship, (laughs) thank you. I think, I think our friendship was born out of that. And then obviously, I don't remember how we became mates, Doss, the following year when you came to the school. It must have been, I can only imagine, through lunchtime footy, just always kind of playing together, I think. And then, well, let's be honest, we had our, we had our rough patches during those yeah, uh, lunchtime battles. <laughs> These two used to fight daily. No, oh. but that was... I, I think, was, no, I think that was more me as well. I, yeah, it absolutely was. I have that written down. He led those fights. I'd never wanted to fight. I found you very intimidating, Doss. You, you had quite a thick Australian accent. And, you know, you're always out for blood when I was playing as I was... Um, I was well, I don't, I don't know what you'd be scared. I, and I don't know why I would do that because as we often talk about, D, we, we were the larger-sized students back then, me, yourself and I. Eddie, you were, you were a bit more thinner back then. Oh, you're a lot more muscly now, but I was going to say, mate, you would have run me ragged and I couldn't well, keep up with you, yeah, so I don't but, know why. Well, I don't know. It must have... Uh, I mean, looking back in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't go to... Go to Mrs. Mead and you know what? And I, tell I think her I was probably. I think I was, I, was probably, I, you know what? I was probably jealous of the great Eddie Gates and how popular he was. And I thought the only way I'm going to even get close to this man is if I actually take him down. So, oh. well, the the part that interests me is that, and I mean this with the greatest of respects. Neither of you were sort of the alpha dogs of the school. Like you're both at that time, it's sort of year eight, year both nine. Baby you faces. Yeah, exactly. You weren't intimidating figures, and I don't know why you got under each other's skin so much. But there was definitely tension there. But, Eddie, I remember with you, mate. Do you remember when we used to play cricket at lunchtime? That's how I remember meeting you. 
Because we had at the, the nets, the, the lone cricket net at Flinders, which was half a pitch or something. Um, yes, I do recall and that. You used quite to well. sing. Oh, and you well, used to just so, sing the whole time. Oh my! This is something I hadn't had this written down. I just remember this when you mentioned the singing. I remember, Christ Almighty! I remember you once paid me. I don't know why I'm admitting this on air. I remember you once paid me outside the German Bay <laughs> two dollars to sing out loud the chorus to "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston, <laughs> like some kind of. Clown at the circus, just make me laugh. Probably didn't even hand me the coin, threw it at the ground. There's an episode of Simpsons about that, but mate, yeah, that's exactly right. It was a, you actually hit the notes. That's you two, you and Doss have something in common there. You both uh, are great singers and can hit the notes, mate. That was very impressive back and in the day. Because I remember you know what on the hitting the notes, we're also great below the knees. I know. Eddie Gates, quite a dancer, because I remember, I don't remember what year it was. It might have been year eight, yeah. year nine. There was quite a, a ruckus heading, <laughs> happening around, I guess, the Indonesian classrooms, you could say. And I remember, you know, hearing this ruckus, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I th- it was just like, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And then walk around, and there's uh, a shuffle-off happening on some pieces of cardboard, and Eddie Gates is in a, in a professional shuffle-off with the one and only Anthony Takak, who was a great friend of the show also. But I don't recall who won that. Do you remember No, Eddie? I'll say this, I'll say this. That started off with Josh Wallace and Anthony Takak had planned to dance battle each other in a sh- in like a shuffle off needless to say when i heard there was going to be a crowd of people gathering around you know a group of individuals performing i had to weasel my way in so i think on the day before <laughs> i just brought a bit of cardboard and came along and then i think anthony takak made a trophy in woodwork and i just i stole it at the end of it <laughs> Much of the footage has emerged in recent years on yeah. my birthday that people have posted on my wall, and just as quickly I'm, I take it down. So, yeah, they were simpler well, times. Well, you were an all-round sure. entertainer. You were an all-round entertainer. You had the comedy, you had the dancing, you had the singing, mate. You had it all. But we had decided that this... Word. Yeah. Still, still, still. <laughs> but Doss and I had a chat with you as well, and we decided we had an episode where we went down memory lane, as we called it, with uh, Jai Richardson a few episodes back. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Um, if you want some really funny high school stories, but we could have done the exact same today. But what I noticed, especially recently since doing this show, Eddie, and I wasn't even aware, like we're mates, but we're not, how often would we see each other as a group under normal circumstances? Normal circumstances, I'd say maybe once every, I'd say a month, I was going to say maybe six weeks. Yeah. So quite, not frequently, we don't talk every day or anything like that. And we always, when we catch up, we always have a laugh and a kick of the foot and have a chat, but I wasn't aware that you were so into personal development and, and this space until we sort of put out this show and then we've all had some deep and meaningful conversations so when Doss and I were discussing potential guests we thought this would be a great place to start because we've got a mate we've got the history with but we've also got someone that's interested in the space that most of the listeners listen for do you want to get stuck into some of that stuff what do you think Doss well we everyone knows uh, how much we love this day and as you touched on I think just for, as an outsider looking in you know you can kind of see besides our group chats and and the bands are going on like as we've grown older and even over the last say couple of years even 12 months like the conversations have changed between us our group chat the Baden pals it was always probably <laughs> I take credit for that name it was always probably just a bit of banter David Brent humor and a, a brief catch-up in the middle there as well. But I, it's funny how we've no, like I've noticed like the conversation as we've matured is lent more towards vulnerability and actually telling each other 
what our plans are, how we're feeling about cert- certain situations in life and what better way to actually jump on the platform and have you on, Eddie, and dive into it a bit deeper. So, D, what's the first question, mate? What do you want to tackle first? Well, let's start, Eddie, with where you're currently at. Let's just strip it right back and then we'll take it from there. So what are you currently doing with yourself? And then we'll, we'll start to expand it a little bit. Yeah, so I'm 25. I'm, I'm you boy's age, obviously. I currently work in sales as a DOS. You'd be familiar with this. Uh, the term is like business development manager for a company. So meeting clients, you know, catching up, developing business, I guess, is the, is the crux of it all. And that's kind of just my nine to five. I've been doing that for about 18 months now. My first like kind of real job in the real world. But I think on the whole topic of personal development and where that ties in, it's it's interesting you say that, you know, our conversations have matured because I, I don't know if these conversations would have been that we have in those in the Baden Pals group chat. I don't know if those would have been possible a few years ago simply because we all weren't there. I feel we're all kind of you know, I guess a lot of people in their mid twenties would feel this. They all kind of you know, some develop quicker than others, obviously, but I think everyone gets to this stage eventually. Like, we probably needed that time where it was just, you know, talking shit and mucking around and joking. Um, everyone kind of has it. And then I guess as you get older, naturally, you start thinking more about, you know, your place in the world and where you want to go and your future and things like that. So I guess that's kind of how it all rounds out in one sense. But in terms of me, that's kind of my bread and butter, you know, nine to five, very corporate job. I'm not really sure what else there is to say about that in that sense. Where. Uh- I just want to quickly touch on, and I can't wait to go deeper into, I guess, the side hustle aspect. And but what? Just a bit of a idea for listeners. Like, what are your real passions? Yeah, so I'm um, quite a creative person at heart, and that can be all things. So I, you know, my bread and butter is since I've been very young, I've enjoyed all things in the arts. So whether that be music, TV, film, whatever, I love creating. It's such a <laughs> wanky thing to say i love creating content but i love like just making videos i love video editing with a passion with there's ever like a creative thing that can be that's being done i want to get involved whether it be my friend's uni assignment where we're filming something whether it be a podcast you know with my housemate whether it be just making like kind of putting creative things out there in the world kind of is my bread and butter i just love being able to do that and it kind of keeps me sane i guess can i quickly jump in before you do d i just want to find out where that came from so i want to know like besides i guess the office uk you mentioned that before but when we all love david brent and gareth keenan one of my favorites but (laughs) where did it come from like give us a bit of an idea on like what you watched growing up what your parents maybe guided you towards you know how did you gain this creative outlet i know you've got you're one of four brothers where did that come from yeah it's a good question um my parents both them by nature are quite funny in their own sense and we always grew up on as you said things like you know the office uk and you know watching seinfeld and watching simpsons and extras and all that kind of stuff like a lot of the kind of and like australian tv shows like cap and kim or the late show or degeneration or um, were you rove like did you watch a lot of rove well i always remember he was on quite late he was on at 9 p.m but whenever I watched him, I'd find him quite funny, but also quite rude. So, um, <laughs> yeah. needless to say, needless to say, I, t- I turned it off at the um, as soon as he um, mentioned any explicits. But um, yeah, I think I was always encouraged by my mum in particular to you know put myself out there for, for better or worse. Um, always, if there were school plays, always go for those things. And you know, I naturally found along the way, kind of being pushed into that, that I really did enjoy it. My brother Alexander and I were very similar in a sense and we're always just from day dot, as soon as we had like a video camera, we were always wanting to film stuff and just be the centre of attention and, 
your sort of family coming around always kind of put on a show and yeah just kind of make it all about me i guess is the um yeah how it goes <laughs> well mate because i remember like and this is why it's interesting you talked about maturing conversations is because we often remember us all for how we were in high school and you were a larrikin but you always stepped out in drama for example now for our school we didn't go to a particularly a school that was focused on the arts as an example so we just went to a very standard christian sort of semi-private school so to step out was different because the rest of us weren't doing that sort of stuff we weren't into drama we're more into sport now you're into sport as well but i guess when you're in year seven and eight and you're trying to you come to high school and you're trying to make a name for yourself as in trying to be accepted by everybody else is it easy to step up and i remember in year seven you got up in front of the whole school sorry the whole year level at school camp and yeah. perform that must be a difficult thing to do because i like i certainly couldn't do that yeah well it's interesting you should say that because i think mentioning how we did obviously go to a, a christian school i think the whole cohort was much more forgiving i, I went to a, a um a public school later on and i just know that had i done that <laughs> done that performance of hips don't lie on year seven camp at, <laughs> at, um, <laughs> at the public school i went to later I probably would have got, you know, pardon the pun, uh, I probably would have got crucified there. But uh, I, I think <laughs> I, I think that's kind of all I really knew. Like, I was always, at that point, you know, you're too young, you just, you don't really have any common sense, you don't really yeah. know how to talk to people properly, so you think, all right, maybe I can make you laugh, or maybe I can get you to look at me for better or worse. I think that was just the way I, I went about it, and, you know, luckily, because as I said, it was a very nice school I went to, I didn't really cop too much shit from it. And I suppose I was saying this to my sister the other day because you put yourself in that place even from a young age. It means it comes as no surprise to us. I know you were on was it the ABC on TV at one stage? Yeah. So this was um back when I was seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I did, had briefly on one season of the uh, Emmy, uh, not Emmy. Um, maybe it was Emmy actually. Logie nominated um, <laughs> uh, Logie nominated ABC three program. You're skidding me. I was a supporting lead. Um, <laughs> I uh, That was actually quite a good time. I kind of went, auditioned. I think I was the only cast member that didn't have an agent. I went and I wow. got the gig and I um, yeah, I worked on set for an actual TV show, had lines and everything for um, yeah, a couple of months. That was a really, really fun experience. Because what I'm right. saying is when you come out and you're on TV and you're on your podcasting, it comes as doesn't come as a surprise to any of us, if that makes sense, because you put yourself in that space. When Doss and I started this show... I was shitting myself when we first released it. I think I've talked about this on air because it comes as a surprise to everybody because I've never put myself in that place. So would you say that's come as a... I was just going to say on that, I think that almost, I guess, works in you boys' favour. As you guys, that people like, in my opinion, seeing people do something they're passionate about and they probably saw the podcast come out and they go, oh, we know that Doss and D, they're not necessarily guys that are always striving to be front and centre of the camera or, you know, being centre of attention. This must be something they're quite passionate about. That's... I guess what, you know, obviously you guys are my mates, but that's one of the things that hooked me in. I'm like, well, you know, this isn't their natural avenue to speaking to the to the masses. Like, obviously, this is something they're quite passionate about. I want to tune in. Whereas I think someone who's just putting shit out there and content out there all the time, for better or worse, you're just like, oh, you know, Brand doing building. something again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it gets a bit more repetitive and they're like, oh, there's nothing special there. But I think that really is a great thing that you guys have done because it shows okay, this isn't something we necessarily do. We're stepping out of our comfort zone and I think people like to see that. I'd love to hear more about the vulnerability stuff. So, D, you touched on it before because, mate, from my personal experience, like I love, we're all music lovers, but I love musical theatre as well and I've been brought up in a family where 
My sisters are singers. My younger sister, Camille, she loves the theatre and she loves musical theatre and was always in the school productions and whatnot. And underneath it all, I would pretend, like, because my sisters listen to it, I wouldn't say that I, oh, I just listen to it because they listen to it. But I listen to it Same with me, same with me. Because I enjoy it. But I remember, I regret it in a way because I regret regret not actually doing the school productions now that I look back because I'm like, I think I was a bit scared of of Mm. the opinion of everyone else. I just want to go back a little bit, maybe even tell us a bit about the (laughs) theatre. Is it worth mentioning like what, what what, what the roles were, what the productions were, but... Like, do you reckon that? Do you reckon that played a big part in the experiences that you've like that TV show that you've jumped on now? Like to me, like being able to be vulnerable amongst your peers, especially you know at a school where we're not probably as talented as say a big performing arts school. But yeah, tell us a bit more about that vulnerability. Yeah, well, I, I think it's interesting. You kind of look at me in that sense of putting myself fully out there and you know being vulnerable. I I think although it was something I knew I enjoyed and I didn't necessarily shy away from it, I, I was still very, I guess, as anyone is when you're, you know, 15 or 14 or whatever, I still remember being very insecure about that. You still want your peers to kind of think you're cool. And so I remember, like, I would talk about, like, being in a school production or something, like, on a Facebook status, and I'd say something like, just had rehearsals for X. No, I don't have a girlfriend. Why do you ask? Kind yeah. of like... Yeah. Which is, you know, Talking down to yourself. Yeah, obviously yeah. it got like 150 likes and everyone had a good laugh. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but like, it's even at that age, just subconsciously, I'm like, okay, I want to put myself out there a bit, but I want to go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what I'm doing isn't necessarily cool, which is, I mean, I guess it's better than the alternative of, you know, not doing the thing you're doing at all. I mean, in an ideal world, it'd be great for, you know, young teenagers to be able to just be able to put themselves out there and do what they want without judgment. But it's just unfortunately really the world we live in i'm sure so many people that are listening there's something that they haven't stepped out for for that exact reason i know everyone that steps out on social media i used our example before but there's so many people that have passions but they just never can take that first step of fear of judgment and that's something and i'm not kissing your ass here but that was something i always admired about you on a serious note because you stepped out from such a young age and then i thought from an outsider looking in it looked like it just made it a little bit more smoother to sell through and keep stepping out and keep evolving and keep creating content. Yeah, thank you. That's that's very nice to say. I think, obviously, any time you get out of your comfort zone, it's a place of growth. But I, I remember specifically, I, I look back when I was like 16 to probably 18 or 19 or whatever. I remember I went almost backwards in terms of kind of doing that stuff. I wouldn't... I remember when I like was younger, I used to make all these YouTube videos and, you know, they were never like great or anything, but it was, it was me really trying to showcase my personality. It was stuff I really enjoyed doing. And then suddenly, you know, you start turning 16, 17, and you're like, oh, shit, I want the older kids to, you know, think I'm cool or, you know, I want that girl to, you know, respect me or like me and not think of me as a joke. And you stop doing that stuff for that reason, the stuff that genuinely makes mm. you happy. I, I think I'm fortunate in that I you mature naturally and you find out that, okay, that doesn't matter their opinions. You know, I'm going to do what... I like. I listened to a podcast yesterday and I'm not sure if either of you guys have heard of it. I know you've both probably, I know D you have. Have you read, God, this gets name dropped that many times, The Resilience Project. Have you read it, Eddie? I haven't, no. That's um, next after the uh, 40 hour work week on my. (laughs) um, Hugh Van Kylenberg started a podcast with Ryan Sheldon, who I'm sure you know really, really well. And I. I listened to this podcast yesterday and I just thought of you the whole time, right? Because it's a podcast, it's called The Imperfects and they have guests on and. They basically, they're sharing their vulnerabilities and, and they're obviously their imperfections 
to to help and inspire others to embrace their own imperfections. And Ryan Sheldon is one of the co-hosts, but he actually was the, I guess, the guest and and Hugh interviewed him and he spoke about, because he's been best mates, well, he's part of that, you know, Hamish and Andy group and probably one of the key writers behind the scenes. And being a fan of Hamish and Andy, I've always known who he is and, and found him so funny. But he's obviously, he's his own comic and he has his own stuff. But what he spoke about was, for years and years and years, he struggled because he went to school with Hamish. I don't want to give the whole podcast away, but he met Hamish in high school and Andy met Hamish in uni. So Ryan had been friends with Hamish longer. They did skits for a long time. They'd been writing for a long time, doing, you know, making web series like you would. But then when Andy and Hamish got together, they just clicked and they had this connection, this com- comic connection, this real funny connection. And then they went and took off. He basically opened up and never spoke about it, but how jealous he'd been and he couldn't be happy for Hamish, who'd been friends with since he was 14, and the success he's had because he felt like he should have been there with Hamish. You know what I mean? Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, because I just thought of you the whole time with Ryan and what Ryan was talking about was finding his purpose and his passion. And for a long time, he was chasing this Emmy award-winning TV show and he never quite, he's like, that's, that's the goal, that's my passion. But it's taken now to realise that his passion is actually creating having a creative outlet and providing funny and joyful content to people to hopefully inspire them to create content as well. I don't know. I just really connected with that. And I just thought of you and have you ever thought about doing like a web series or something, writing something yourself? Yeah, look, I, I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff in that way. I, I think the what I think I find interesting for what you said there is how he mentions that he's, although he always thought he wanted, you know, to get the fame out of that he chased the fame, I guess, but he realised what he wanted from all along was, you know, just to be able to be part of the creative process. I think that's such an important thing. It's like, you know, obviously the nirvana for anyone is to be able to do your passion and make a living off it and, you know, become successful with it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I guess on another level, if you can still do your passion and still, you know, you're not necessarily getting recognition for it, but if you're doing something that's your passion and it's making you happy and, you know, okay, maybe you're doing something else in your life at the same time. I think that's that's a real win in itself. Like you're doing something that you really love to do and you're doing it for yourself in a way. It's not You're not trying to show it to the world and say, this is what it is. I'm not going to judge whether this is a success if other people like it or not. I've made something. I've enjoyed the process of making it. That to me is a win. Anything else on top of it is just kind of gravy. With all this creativity, do you consider that a side hustle or is this... Passion. I, I think it's more so, I mean, it's kind of in between the two. Like, I'm very passionate about just being creative and doing those things. Like, I, I'm someone that if I'm, I've got my, you know, to-do list each day if, and a lot of the stuff is, you know, work on something or make something, I really get quite anxious if I'm, it gets to like 5pm or it's getting towards bedtime. I'm like, shit, I haven't actually done anything that kind of has helped me in that kind of creative sense because it just kind of makes me feel like a sane in many ways. That's really, really awesome to hear. I love hearing that because unfortunately, like it relates to our last episode, finding balance. That's what happens. Like everyone gets just caught up in this rat race and this crazy whirlwind of life that your actual passions just get put on the back burner. Like that's so nice to hear that. I actually haven't heard anyone say that that I know because, you know, you're actually allocating time yourself to doing the things that, you know, really make you thrive, I guess. I love yeah, too, well, yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, like my Nirvana is kind of to, I guess, work in a creative space. I don't know what in what capacity or what that looks like, but just find, you know, myself working in a creative kind of environment. So I feel that it kind of is a side hustle and it's also a passion at the same time. Like I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I always enjoy whether it's, you know, 
working on a, I don't know how familiar you guys are with video editing, but if you're working on like the keyframes and masking out around a certain character when you're videoing something or whether it's editing audio on something, I really do enjoy the process and, you know, sitting down and grinding out for an hour and go, all right, it's done. You know, that's something that I've benefited from from the day. And at the same time, I'm like, yes, that's kind of also building skills up in the same way. So it is kind of twofold, I guess. You, uh, so it doesn't stress you out? It, you don't get stressed from it? It's purely enjoyment and passion? Or do you have that external pressure? No, no. Look, I'm very, very lucky because I, I speak to um my housemate, Matt, and he's always grinding on... um He's a, he's a fantastic musician. Um, if you haven't heard his song, A Stranger Waving, it's on Spotify and iTunes. Um, listen now. Um, by but Matt he's Tankard, a, yeah? By Matt Tankard, correct. Um, but he's he chats about kind of the the creative process being a musician and it, it sounds a lot more kind of um frustrating on his end because he's talking about he's trying to come up with music and he's trying to come up with actual like composing something whereas if you kind of my passion is kind of more so video editing it's a lot more analytical it's just all right i need to get from a to b it's going to be time consuming but it's like writing out a, a sentence or copying out a, i know exactly what i have to do so it's not really that stressful it's just kind of like it doesn't you know make me pull my hair out in that sense which is quite lucky. I reckon that leads us down to, you know, that's a great avenue to now talk about the podcast or the radio show that yourself and Matt um, have had for a while, Kayak and the Canoe. Uh, tell us a bit about that. You know, you guys have obviously been friends for a long time and you know, housemates living together. There's probably a few questions I'd love to ask, you know, because it's having a mate that you're pas- you got the same passion and, you know, you just get each other to work on this together. Tell us a bit about, yeah, the radio show when it started. Give it a shout out. Yeah, so um, to anyone listening, um, if you want to know where the inspiration for the Doss and D show came from, it is um, <laughs> Kayak and the Kayak and the Canoe. It's a um, podcast. It's got about twenty nine episodes. It's pretty. If you are going to listen, um, it, it's kind of like a, a radio drama, which is also a comedy. So it is a, a series. So you have to listen from at one, and a story builds around it. But essentially, um, my housemate slash best friend uh, Matt and I, we play two posing radio hosts, uh, Kayak and the Canoe. We did this through Sin Studios, which is um, part of RMIT, and we were volunteers there. So we were first doing the graveyard shift, which is 2 a.m. 2 a. in the morning, which was um, a bit plenty of a of, pain plenty in the of, uh, Plenty of Red Bull. Yeah, absolutely, among other things. And then we um, <laughs> more... <laughs> Can't say that. It's not true either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then we uh, got our primetime spot of 10 p.m. Uh, last year, which was awesome. And uh, we built a bit of a cult following, which was a lot of fun. Um, and that was just one of those things as well. Like, Matt and I, every week, Matt's, you know, so creative as well. We're like, okay, this is something that whatever we're working on externally or whatever creative stuff we've got, we know that we can always come back to Kayak and the Canoe. We've got a show to do this week. And it was really, really therapeutic in a way to be able to work towards something and do that every week. It's something that we both got a lot out of. You know, we obviously had so much fun doing it, but... I think for our own like mental state as well, it just kept us sane to be able to put our mind towards something when in doubt and go, okay, we've got this great thing we're working on. And that's if anyone is interested in getting on the radio or the podcast gig, I think, you know, Sin is a great place to start. It's like a hundred bucks a year if you're under 25, which I'm not anymore. So Kai and the Canoe may be dead, but watch this space. How much time would that take to put together one episode? Per week. We'd, well, yeah, we'd kind of work sporadically throughout the week. Like, we'd assign ourselves different things to do. Like, 
Matt went absolutely psycho on some things and like he'd create original musical numbers for it and which interestingly enough at the Sin Awards um, only a few weeks ago um, we uh, we didn't even win the award for um, best musical performance which um, we were quite vocal about but but I, but I digress um, but yeah it was usually like it came down to the wire like we, no matter how much stuff we thought we'd have done we'd be an hour before and we'd still be adding stuff in but when in doubt, Matt would just like say something to me and I'd just ad lib for the next 30 minutes to fill out the rest of the episode and things of that nature. So it was, it was a lot of fun in that way. How, how's, it, how's it been um, since moving in together, living together? Has the dynamic changed at all or has it gotten stronger? Well, it's interesting. Like Matt and I are very different people in some ways and with the whole COVID thing where in an ideal world, moving in with someone, if you know they're getting in your way a bit, you can you know escape a bit. But, you know, now with COVID, you know, we're in each other's face, you know, 24-7. But it's, like, been really, really fantastic. We always just say to each other, this has, like, worked out great. And, like, you know, we're having a really good time together. So it's awesome living with someone who's got the same creative drive. He's someone who also gets very anxious if he isn't creating as well. So we can really bounce off each other with that. He might come to me with and say, oh, check out this new, you know, beat I just composed. You know, let's make some raps to it. And like, we'll just rap in his room and things like that. Or, you know, we'll think of a video idea and we'll just film it. So there's no shortage of ideas and like creativity around the house, which is, you know, D, really, really ideal. We've spoken a bit of this about this, haven't we, D? Like that, that feeling of guilt if you're not putting time into your passion. Mate, I was legitimately about to ask that exact question because you're right, Doss. We talk about it all the time. And I was curious, Eddie, before we dive down that, rabbit hole is is this daily are you creating content daily together or not necessarily together but one of you is always doing something creative or do you have a lot of downtime and do you Um, feel guilty if you just sit back and do nothing do you have to justify it yeah so i do feel really i'm getting a lot better but i do really feel guilty a lot of the time if i'm not doing my downtime like i've got uh, it's not it's not even just always creating so like there's a 3d software program it's called blender Uh, it allows you to create 3d images and videos to incorporate into other videos and things like that and i've really been trying to learn that so i've just got that like throughout the week one hour of blender per day and like that's kind of like i guess in the words of dos that's one of the non-negotiables for me so regardless of like everything else that i could be doing whether it's creative or not as long as i've got that done i'll always feel like okay you know I can at least, you know, yeah I've, I've got something out of the day no matter how small it may be at least i've done that in that sense because i was getting to the point like I remember at the start of the year and I, I'd be out with friends on a Saturday or something like during the day and we'd just be sitting around and I'd just get anxious and I'd be like, fuck me, I should not be here right now. You know, like mm. uh, like it got to the point where I'm like, unless I'm out, you know, seriously really enjoying every minute of what, what I'm doing, I'm thinking, well, I have no right to complain about where I am if I'm not devoting every minute of my time to yep. kind of my passion, which is something yep. that I've, I'm, I've struggled with quite a bit, but I am getting a lot better at how do you guys uh, find it? That, well, this is exactly what we spoke about last week, day, isn't it? Like that. Um, I'm so glad he said that. I really am. It like the lifestyle balance, and it's a, it's mate, it's an everyday struggle for I think a lot of people. Like I'm listening to this, and I can just connect with this, and it makes me feel good because I look at you, Eddie, and I always like I look, and I'm like, geez, this bloke like must be putting in a lot of time into his editing, especially video editing. Some of your stuff on Instagram, I'm like, gee, that must have taken a long time. <laughs> like, but I'm the same. Like uh, I can relate probably to a more uh, at the moment uh, sports card sense. If I'm not if I'm not putting time into my sports cards, I'm uh, Gary V. Like nice missed to out meet on you. a bargain. <laughs> Yeah, the great man. Yeah, I, I totally I feel you there, and I know you would too, D. Oh, no, look, I think it's so good you pointed that out, Eddie, because 
I think I've spoken about this before too. I was in a place once where it was every second of the day I had to justify it to being somewhat productive or learning. So if I'm even driving, it'd have to be a podcast and I'd have to be learning something. Or if I was at work, I'm like, okay, well, this is work time, so I don't need to think about it. But as soon as I step away from work, then I've got to be into the next thing. I've got to be learning or implementing. So I really appreciate the fact that you brought that up because I know Doss and I struggle with that. Have you found some kind of way to break out of that mindset to almost allow yourself to take some time well, away? Honestly, I think having like t- daily to-do lists is awesome. Like I know it's still work, but like there's nothing worse than kind of feeling like you're being unproductive but not knowing even where to start and you're just sitting there on your hands and you're like, shit, what? Like I know I should be doing something, but I have no clue what. So by actually having like stuff that you know you can fall back on if you are feeling that you aren't being productive, having something, oh, I can go work on that or I need to do a bit of research on that, I think is really good in some ways. And like my one of my, my whole mantra is like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a time. Like I think at the end of the day, I don't want to really have any days where I'm not at least doing one thing that is productive, but it's like, it can be the small stuff. Like if, if you're going, trying to learn something about, I don't know, the, the trading card passion that, that Doss has, if he does like, 10 minutes of reading on it and if he takes away one good thing from that it's still like that's one thing that i didn't know yesterday and that's one thing that i can go okay i got that out of today and like it's you do that over time do the small stuff Mm. over time and you know it it grows into quite a big thing that's a good point quality over quantity well i i love the quote and i'm i'm sure you you both probably know it and i saw it again yesterday but it's like the man who practices his one kick a thousand times is going to beat up the guy who practices a thousand kicks one time yeah. By practicing the yep. one kick, you know, repetitively over and over, you know, rather than spreading your chickens too far and wide, you know, I think that's a really, really good analogy to put forward with that. I love it. Absolutely. I think it's exactly what Eddie was just saying. I think it's a great analogy. Absolutely. I, I want Doss to elaborate a little bit on his uh, sporting cards as well while we're at it. But yeah, please. Eddie, in terms of a future plan, are you, I know you love the grind and we talk about the grind a little bit and what is an ideal lifestyle look? like for you moving forward well i actually um at you at you boys request i um got the uh 40 hour work week i'm um about 150 or so pages in it's a fantastic book not enjoying it necess- i am it's like it's not necessarily something i'm going to take everything on board for yeah. but it's just little things that i'm highlighting and i'm like you know take a bit away from there and take a bit away from there but i guess for me like as i said like if i can my nirvana is being able to do something creative like if i can work in a space where i'm you know given the freedom or 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 the liberty to be able to just be creating in whatever whatever way that looks at you know that'd be something that i'd be very very happy to be doing also i guess if we're getting more specifically like ideal i'd love to be able to work remotely and just travel and just work from my computer like i'm 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 a i've got the travel bug quite a bit so i'm very much so about that and that's something that i'm always going to be striving for i guess that and which is i guess looking more and more likely nowadays with the whole remote work and COVID. I mean, in saying that, like, obviously that's the ideal. It's not, it's something to strive for, I think, which is fantastic, but I'm very much content with the life I'm living now. Like if I knew that this was my life for the next, uh, how well, I'm going to go well, 59 years, I think that <laughs> I'd, I, I, I find myself, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where, you know, I derive enough happiness out of each day and I enjoy life enough, and I still am able to create, whether it's, you know, for a job or whether it's not, I'm still able to do things that make me happy. I'm in a pretty good position now, I'd say, already. But, you know, you've always got to keep striving towards your nirvana. You're in the thick of, I guess, the nine to five. So, like you mentioned before, 
and I can, you know, really relate to the, the role you're you're in. Um, I guess a business development manager in sales, you're on the phone, you you know, you're connecting with people, which, you know, you're a great people person too. So it's, you know, it's a good role for you. But the whole nine to five situation is something I wanted to kind of ask you a bit more in depth about. You've probably almost answered the question just in your last one, but in your mind, do you think it's okay to work a nine to five and enjoy just a, a passion on the side? Or in your mind, is the dream and the goal to... I'd love to eventually get to a stage where me and Matt, the show goes here or maybe I'm, my Instagram goes to this next level. Maybe I'll get sponsored mm. here. Like what, what's <laughs> in your mind? Like I'm just spitballing. Yeah, no, I get you. Know, we, we don't like talking about those things because, you know, we feel like we're filling ourselves with, with air, airheads. But, you know, in your mind, like what is, I know you're saying for the next 59 years, you'd be content. But what really inside, like what is it that you would like? What's the balance? What's the lifestyle? Well, yeah, I think it's like, for me, as we said, you know, working nine to five and then, you know, in a, in a quite a corporate role and then kind of doing stuff on the side, I'm very fortunate in that I'm able to, um, I can shut off quite well with work. So I'll, I'll do my job nine, between nine to five and then I'll be able to shut off for the night. I'll be able to just kind of do my own thing, whether it's, you know, doing something creative, hanging out with Matt, going out to dinner, whatever it may be. I'm really lucky in that sense there. But obviously, you know, I'm always aiming for being able to be in a position where I can do something that will, as we've spoken about, you know, that is my passion and, you know, I get paid for it and I'm successful in doing it. That's obviously the goal. But I think you need to, and I think people need to kind of be in the position where I I love the whole mantra of like, you know, have no backup plan. Plan A is the only way to go. That's the only way you achieve your goals, which I think is an awesome way to look at it. But you can't really, in my opinion, do that and also just kind of hate your life at the moment. Because I think, you know, you've really, and it's something I've struggled with quite a bit in the past, you've really got to be present. Like, mm. you know, whether you're doing a job you, you like, you don't like, nothing's really guaranteed about tomorrow. So you can't really be going, oh, you know, this will get better eventually if I, if I keep working for it. I think a job's a great way to kind of keep you happy. And if you can find a job that you like and you get paid for, that's, you know, a fantastic position to be in. But I don't think you can look at that as the be all and end all of, of your happiness I think you've got to that's got to come from somewhere else in a lot of ways which is something that you know growing up I think everyone does you know whether you think you're going to be a a footy player or you think you're going to be a comedian or or whatever it may be as you get older you realize okay that's still something I want to do but it's not going to be the source of what makes me happy it's not going to define me it's Mm. who I am now and what I've got at the moment is really the only thing that I can control currently I love that being present is so important we talked about it a couple weeks ago and it's something that I'm trying to implement implement more and more in my life because I'm always trying to live in the future or for the future which is a silly way to go because tomorrow is not guaranteed anyway so Eddie this is a quick fire question three words or three people top three inspirations go my mother Matt my friend uh, I'll go for uh, Noel Gallagher Tom DeLong. he loves his uh, he loves his pop punk don't you Eddie I you do. do I love uh, I freaking froth blink on it too he loves Oasis yeah, I just I want to ask. Well, not that it's a question, but in our group chat, Eddie, a few weeks ago, it was around your birthday, and I love our group chat and the way it's kind of evolved and like what we said before, like how you know the conversation is. It's now like I don't know. I feel, feel like we're we're adults now, and there was something that you said, and I don't want to embarrass you because I you won't be embarrassed because it's something. <laughs> The things that we've shared, like on this podcast, you know, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. this is nothing compared to that. But I was inspired by it and it really made me respect you even more. And I already respected you so much. But you said it was your birthday and I can't remember what song you were listening to. 
and <laughs> you're laughing like listening. Puff the Magic Dragon? Was, no, it wasn't. Was it that? And you no, just that said, we, we discussed that. There was oh, fuck. I and no, song. and Eddie, you, you said you know it was your 25th birthday, and I was sitting in my room, and I was listening to this song, and you actually had a few tears, and you just said you were just appreciating like being 25 and like that you're alive. Do you you know you recall that? What song it was? Fuck, I wish I could. It would have been quite a playlist. Yeah. Um, because no, I just wanted to touch on that and maybe talk a little bit about why why a lot of us, why has it taken to this point for us to share this with each other? Like, I think we now connect on this other level and so many others could as well, but we're still blocked by this somewhat, you know, what is it? A wall, a barrier? Yeah, why don't, I, I why know, don't look, do uh, look I'll, I'll be honest. Like, uh, like even you saying that's like emb- embarrassed me a little bit. I know it shouldn't at all. It's like, and I think, well, obviously... I don't know whether it's a thing with young men or whatever it may be, but um, we're definitely getting better in a lot of ways at discussing these. I don't know why that's still kind of a barrier. I, I truly don't know. It's like, you know, societies get on my soapbox. Society's got a long way to go in a lot of a lot of ways, but I think we're getting a lot better in these conversations too. Is it important now. for you? Is it important for you to, I guess, to show your emotions? Yeah, look, I've always been a um, very emotional person, especially... As a, um, as a as a as a child and a um, teenager, and you know I don't really shy away from you know I'm very my, like my friend Matt. I keep mentioning Matt. He's mentioned more than Rich at the moment. Um, you know he, <laughs> he mentions that you know I'm always I'm I'm always very happy and I'm always very you know up and about and I say that that is true and you know when I'm when I'm happy I'm happy but when I'm sad I don't really run away from that feeling I really mm. do embrace it. I'm kind of like someone that. You know, I love to, my favorite thing in the world is just go on like a walk for like a couple of hours and like if I'm feeling sad, I'll just put some headphones in and, you know, I always feel a lot better and I don't ever hide from that. I, I, I never really have and it's, I, I guess I'm very fortunate about that. I've had a very good life in a lot of ways and I'm not really, haven't really had any adversity, serious adversity come my way, um, thankfully, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no it's, it's nice. It's good. I think to, to finish off with a couple of points, for the listener, Eddie, because we talked about stepping out a lot, is there any tips you could give to people to take that initial step? If there's something they're, hot, they're shying away from, they want to do, but there's just that barrier of fear that's... Yeah, I will say this. Back. I'll say this, and I've, I've, I've spoken to, this about, to so many people about this, including you boys in the group chat. Go on YouTube, watch Steve Jobs' Stanford commencement speech... Yeah, um, I love this. I Amazing. fucking love that video. I recommend it to so many people. Pretty much, it's him chatting in uh, 2005 to the graduates of Stanford University, and he speaks on how he got diagnosed... This is... I was going to say prior to his death, obviously. Um, he got diagnosed with um, cancer, and, you know, he got cured for a bit, but it really put him in the face of what death was, and it really made him realize what what life was more so and he kind of had the realization that you don't want to live someone else's life and death really is the great equalizer for everyone so he's got a great quote where he says you know death uh remembering i'm gonna die is the number one way i know i have nothing to lose like all fear of embarrassment rejection failure fades away when you remember you're gonna be gone one day and it's Mm. like i'm a sucker for like quotes and like lyrics and, and poems and things like that so that always really touches me but I guess if there's, you know, I, th- I think the hardest is a lot of the time with young people. Like, I mean, I feel so sorry for people who are like year seven to even just high school kids in general. Like, you know, it's such a, yeah, it's such a tough time. Like, 
and like you know that's where a lot of your comedy comes from isn't it in terms of like no 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 no. i mean like you know how you you take that issue of of i suppose vulnerability through high school and Mm. you turn into like a a funny way exaggerated kind of a way like that's a lot on kike in the canoe you talk you always talk think back it reminds me of a time i was in high school and there was this girl and there was this bully or there was yeah and like obviously a lot of those stories are fictional, but it comes—it's it's a classic thing. Like high school is just so tough for everyone, and you know, no matter how cool someone appears or how funny or how in you know check with their life they seem, everyone's just so insecure. It's such a tough time for everyone. So, you know, I'd say I don't know why anyone would take any advice from me, but I'd say just kind of what people think really doesn't matter a whole lot. Like, and just even. If you are a little bit embarrassed about what you're doing and what makes you happy, like it's okay to feel a bit embarrassed, but don't stop it completely. Like keep it there, keep it on the side, keep grinding away. Because, like as we've said, those little steps you do take towards those things do add up in the end. I think that's the most important thing. Just keep doing what you love. Christ, who'd listen to me? Honestly, you could have got a lot better guests than me, lads. <laughs> I thought you'd, I thought you'd have Jared King or Will James on, and then me. <laughs> They'll be on eventually. Um... It does before we're lighting it up because we like to line up to finish in a minute. But do you have anything else you want to ask on oh, a more I'm, serious? I'm, I'm missing uh, going down to Baden Powell and having a kick. I'm, I just want to. I want to recognise that. I mean, it I, starts. I, I love with a kick. It starts with a kick, though, doesn't it? And then it just ends with us standing Sitting on the a, ground. <laughs> a, yeah, a circle, just tossing the ball to each other, just talking <laughs> shit on old times. Yeah. Or uh, talking about Eddie Gates' romantic experiences abroad. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that. Out. <laughs> 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 that is uh, <laughs> Moving on. Um, do you have, wait, do you have anything? Well, you'll edit this too. But do you have anything in your notes, Eddie? Any any hidden g- gems or jokes or, or anything you want to use? What do I have? <laughs> I have written down. <laughs> you can you can read the, you can leave this in, but. If you can go in post, maybe beep out their names. I have... <laughs> you were always making fun of me in year seven for having a high voice. And then I've written in brackets, they're Trump supporters now, so needless to say, I had the last laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so am I, though. So what are you going to say? Next? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Do we have any funny stories we want to bring up from the high school days that involve us, just to... Give the listeners oh. a bit of a laugh. Well, what have we got on the memories section? Where do we want to even want to I start? Mean, do you do you remember at all, Eddie? I think we might have brought this up. Oh, I don't know, but do you remember this situation where we had Kemal Anderson's birthday party and they came? You were in the car with his mum and you came to pick me yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. And I we and I some... <laughs> there was there was three of us invited: you, me, Grady Vickers, and. And I, my mum must have forgotten about it, and I forgot about it. And yeah, uh, forgot. Was, you, to those who cut, who are listening, he's actually using you know doing air quotes with his fingers when he says forgot. And and mum, um, <laughs> mum and dad sent me up to my cousins like I normally would on the school holidays and um, hang out with them and stay there. And um, yeah, uh, Campbell uh, with you in the Poor car. Bloody and Campbell Anderson doesn't ask for much; just wants three and, of his mates to come to his party. And you don't come even have pick- the decency. Come to pick me up and knock at the door, and uh, we're here to pick weight up for the uh, pool party down at Casey Race. Uh, a couple of his mates were in the car, Campbell, and yeah, Wade wasn't there, so I don't, I, I don't know. Do you recall that? Yeah, that was. Look, uh, to be fair, we actually had a wonderful time. We went to the Cranbourne <laughs> swimming pools after me, Campbell, and Grady, I believe. And yeah, we had a great day out. Obviously, we were pretty flat. We're like, oh, Dossie isn't coming. Um, though we could swear we saw you looking out the um, front, um, front. Um, 
room window and then like put your head away like behind the curtain <laughs> so there was a bit of a conspiracy you were just like inside and didn't want to come but no, I, no, that was a say, wonderful I, I don't know how I got invited to be fair like I um, that was my first year at the school and I, there was three people invited and I was one I'm yeah it seems beggars can be choosers comes to a new school and, <laughs> oh, I'll be friends with you no no I'll stay away from your birthday party <laughs> One of my memories, oh, one of my memories of you, Eddie. We have, we have golf camp. We won't talk about that. But I remember this for some reason. I remember one day I got a, a stern telling off from one of the teachers about pulling my socks up and actually starting to have a crack at school and take things seriously. And subsequently, the first class I had to go to was a drama class that you were in it, and we were paired up. Everybody was paired up, and then you had to go into onto stage and do some improv stuff, right? Now, I'm not a great drama student, and I never put in any effort before. But because I had that stern telling off, I was told, okay, today's the day you've got to actually put in some effort. So I went onto stage, and I actually tried. With you, looking across from you, trying to improvise stuff, and you gave me nothing. You kept shutting me down. You kept stopping me in my tracks in front of the whole class. The one time I actually put in an effort. I'll never forget that. What was it? It was Park Ouch. Bench, was it? That classic game? That was oh, it. Park, Park, Bench. Park Bench was another one, but we, I don't know why Park we had Bench. to... It just, you had to go up in pairs and they'd give you a situation. They'd give you two characters and you just had to act it out. That's but cruel, Park... man. Like, I must have sensed you were uncomfortable and said, even though <laughs> oh, we're friends, I'm going to make him pay for this. <laughs> you're in, you absolutely you, You've killed me on the footy field. Well, this is my arena here, my friend. <laughs> Welcome to my house. <laughs> Oh, but mate, God. Park Bench was a classic. I remember Park Bench was one of the great drama games at school. Yeah, that was always a lot of fun. We had um, I remember I did theatre sports with, and one of the games at Park Bench. It was in a team. It was me, Sam Knoll, Maddie Weiss, and and Paddy Murphy, who I can only un- <laughs> who I can only describe as well. No, he was kind of the dark horse in drama. He didn't. He he wasn't someone like the rest of us. He kind of. Sought the attention, but I Very just remember watching. Yeah. I remember watching him in theatre sports. He was just an absolute gun. I was really quite. Really? Um, I really wow. felt like there was a threat to the throne um, for <laughs> me when I when I saw him perform. Yeah, he's a good man, Paddy Murphy. I haven't seen oh, him. He in was a, a great. He was a great fella. Oh, I used to get along with him actually. Anyway, I do. Yeah, I do wish. Jokes. I do wish he stayed at Flinders, mind you. Yeah. Well. well yeah, I did too. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was quite an adjustment period, lads, going from uh, Flinders Christian Community College to uh, Frankston High School. But um, uh, you ran away, came back to Flinders one day. Remember that? No. Okay. 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 <laughs> no, for context, that's only partly true. <laughs> I, ra- I ran away. Yes, and it, but it wasn't on the it wasn't on the same day I came to Flinders. So that was on my first day at Frankston High. Very nervous. Knew no one. Only Quilty and Gareth, and I don't think they were there that day. And I'm walking, and I'm going through the canteen annex completely on my own, and there was a whole crowd of people. Oh, everyone's kind of in a circle, and unknowing to me, I walk through the circle. Okay, <laughs> I'll just keep my... Come on, Eddie, keep your head down. And I, I keep going, and a, a gentleman comes up to me, and he um, says, Oh, can I leapfrog you? And I said, Sure, no worries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, d- didn't think anything of it. Anyway, I... um. Yeah, he says, oh, you'll need to put your hands up in the air when I leapfrog you. I said, you know, sounds rather peculiar, but, you know, no worries. I, <laughs> Give me your wallet I was, and your phone. I was, I was taught to trust people growing up, and to my surprise, when I hear, I hear his footsteps behind me, I don't feel his hands on my shoulders to go over my head. His, rather, his hands reached the uh, sides of my trousers and uh, pulled my pants down to a room of what must have been at least 80 people. To everyone burst into laughter. <laughs> so I calmly walk out of there and 
you know, the tears start flowing and I run home and I say, Mum, I want to go back to Flinders. Oh, that's so cruel. Oh that's so cruel. Christ. How does anyone get out of high school alive? It really oh, is mate. a great oh, equaliser. That's how I felt, actually, my, as well. When I came to Flinders, I didn't know anyone. So Except uh, Dos would have liked to be dacked. That would have helped your cause a bit. Not back then. Oh, God. I wasn't developed oh. then. Well, one, one last thing I just remember, Eddie. I remember your year nine uh, birthday party, and I got an invitation, which was great. And oh, thanks. I came thanks, up with guys. a gift. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and my gift was, uh, was it Rock Band or was it Guitar Hero? I don't know. I, don't, I think it might have been Guitar Hero. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first one that had the whole band, the, the drums, the guitar. Yeah, the drums. And I, and I, and I was just give, I was going to sell it. or give it. So I thought, oh, I'll give it to you as a birthday present. Yeah, so I told nice. you in advance. I told you in advance and you're like, great. But then I said, oh, mate, I actually can't find the microphone. And for about a week leading up to that birthday party, you just every single day you'd find me and torture me and say, mate, if you don't find that microphone, don't bother rocking up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought... I mean, 15s, you've got quite a good sense of reality at 15. Like, you know, your, your mind isn't fully developed. I remember girls being at that party. I don't know why I thought that, you know, it would be the, the party of the season if I managed to get Guitar Hero full band going. But I, as I recall, we went, um, I think that ended up night, we went knick-knocking and then... Um, <laughs> One of my first experiences having what we all know now as DMs with all the boys very late at night watching Hot Rod, which was quite oh, an experience. That was, uh, um, that was actually uh, Josh Bohr's favourite movie, Hot Rod. Never heard enough of heard so much about that movie. Josh Bohr, what's he doing now? Uh, Off air conversation, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. very true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we wrap this up, fellas? I reckon. I reckon it's... Yeah, uh, we've covered a lot here. This has been wonderful. And we'll I'm do, busting uh, for the toilet. So, yeah, oh, so, so am I, actually. And, Dice, I think next week we'll do... Maybe we'll look at side hustles and get uh, a bit further into those uh, sport cards that we keep teasing. Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't, uh, we didn't end up getting to that. But, yeah, boys. I think uh, we'll, le- we'll leave that for next week. And also, I want to make a wager with you next week because St Kilda play the Western Bulldogs. So, we'll do that next week before that game. But oh, uh, final. for now, I'd like to thank Eddie Gates very, very much. Eddie, before you go, do you want to give yourself a plug? And are you single for the ladies? Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Check so out I his am, Strava. Yeah, if, if there are any ladies out there, please add me on Strava. Um, yeah, follow Kayak and the Canoe on Instagram, uh, Edward Gates on Instagram, uh, if you like. Um, but no, Gates thank you very creates. much, gentlemen. Yeah, Gates creates. Thanks very much, gentlemen. Um, I, I say this sincerely when I really do think you guys are really doing a good thing with this podcast, and it's you know great to have it out there. And I'd be listening even if you know I wasn't your friend. So you know I do appreciate you guys making Thanks, this. Thanks, mate. And also having Thanks, me on. Mate. I'm beautiful. Well, um, again, thank you, um, Eddie. I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of it. I know I certainly did, and I know you would have, D. You know what? Once we can all get together, we'll, we'll do a big Baden Powell's catch-up episode. Live from Baden Powell's. Yes. Love it. Live from Baden Powell. Let's do it. Have a good. Oh, all right, boys. <laughs>